Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, Ted Rico, and as always, we've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, Going to be starting things off here in just a moment or two with another great uh, round of uh, Coach's Corner panel, and I'll bring my, uh, my very special guest panelists out here in just a moment. Uh, and then a little bit later on, actually, one of my uh, tonight's panelists is going to be joining uh, me as my special guest this evening as well. I've got some very exciting information and news to share with you tonight on the show, so I'll tell you a little bit about that in here in just a moment. But let me remind everybody, of course, we are live uh, every Thursday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Central uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com network. And, of course, the best way to find us is go to blogtalkradio.com and up in the search key, uh, just type Golf Talk Live, uh, and that will take you to the main page. And for some reason, if you're not able to to- uh, tune in live, excuse me, uh, you can just scroll down that page to the on-demand section, and you can listen to the show in its entirety uh, on the recorded version. And as well, you can also check out some of the previously aired uh, shows as well. They're all there uh, in order, so you can just click on one maybe that you've missed, uh, or maybe one that you want to hear again. There's some good information on there that you want to check out. So just go to the on-demand section at that link. Some other great ways to tune into the program as well is you can go to iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, and now TalkStreamLive.com uh, as well. And again, just type in Golf Talk Live up in the search key, and that will take you to their uh, respective social media platforms. So lots of great ways to tune into the show. Uh, you can also follow me on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com. Uh, if you go to the show page, which is Golf Talk Live blog, and make sure that while you're there, if you haven't already done so, uh, click uh, like on the page. I really appreciate that as well. Uh, you can also follow me personally. Uh, as some of you that uh, maybe tune into the show that uh, have followed me uh, on Facebook, you know that uh, I've just created a new uh, Facebook page uh, under my personal name, Ted Rico, uh, and uh, just because I, re- I maxed out my other one, uh, at 5,000. So this one's actually my fan page, so you can visit there as well, and I uh, appreciate any likes uh, that you throw my way. You can also tune in and join uh, in through uh, LinkedIn.com, again under my personal name, or Twitter. My Twitter handle is Ted and Buck CEO. Uh, as I said, we've got a great show for you tonight. I've uh, got a Coach's Corner panel going to be starting here in just a moment, but I want to remind everybody, of course, we've got a great sponsor that we've just picked up here over the last uh, month or so, golfswing.com. Uh, they're going to be uh, sponsoring the Coach's Corner panel segment here on Golf Talk Live, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about them, and then I'm going to introduce the panel, and we're going to get into tonight's discussion. Uh, golfswing.com, as I mentioned, is a new sponsor to Coach's Corner panel. Uh, golfswing.com, with its cutting-edge technology, have teamed up alongside some of the best instructors, coaches, and swing gurus in the business, and together they have created one of the best, in my opinion, video teaching and training online platforms in golf. So if you're ready to break 100, 90, 80, or even 70, then join their online video academy and learn from some of the best in the business. In addition to sponsoring the Coach's Corner uh, segment tonight, uh, every week I'll post a different golf instructional video tip from one of their featured uh, video instructors or golf instructors. uh, And uh, that'll be this uh, Thursday, of course, tonight after the broadcast. 
uh, and I will feature that on my personal pages and throughout my other social media platforms as well. So join golfswing.com today and watch, practice, and improve your game. All right, as I mentioned, I'm going to introduce tonight's uh, Golf uh, Talk Live Coaches Corner panel. Uh, first up, of course, a good friend of mine, John Decker, uh, who happens to be my uh, guest a little bit later on this evening. He's a teaching professional at the New Albany Country Club. Uh, he's also instructor with GolfSwing.com. And back in 2015, he was named the Southern Ohio Teacher of the Year. Uh, prior to that, he was a head instructor at the Grand Cypress Academy of Golf in Orlando, where he worked under such top 100 instructors like Fred Griffin and, of course, the late Phil Rogers. Uh, he's also authored a great book, Golf is My Life, Glorifying God Through the Game, which has an accompanying Bible study with it. Uh, and he's also a great motivational speaker as well. Uh, also joining me on the panel tonight is another good friend, uh, Pete Buchanan. He's the founder and director of instruction and owner of Plain Simple Golf LLC, uh, which of course houses the Plain Simple Golf Circuit and Simple Swing Repeater Training Brace. And Pete, of course, has been teaching well over uh, for 30 years now in the golf industry and is one of my favorites uh, here in the Coach's Corner panel. So uh, also a quick note, Bill Abrams, uh, PJ professional and owner of Director of Instruction at uh, Golf Solutions Academy in Belmerrill Woods Creek. Uh, was supposed to join us as well on the panel tonight, but as most of you know that uh, if you follow him on social media, uh, Bill just recently lost his father here in the last day or so, uh, so he's not going to be joining us this evening for obvious reasons. So we want to send our, our heartfelt condolences and, and deepest sympathies to Bill and his family uh, for the recent loss. So uh, again, uh, you're in our thoughts and prayers, Bill, and uh, we'll see you the next time on the show. Uh, guys, uh, welcome to uh, Coach's Corner Panel here on Golf Talk Live. Thank you, Ted. Thanks, Ted. It's good to be here. All right. I appreciate it, guys. And uh, that was a lot of information to get out there, so I hope we got enough time to answer some of these questions that I've got here. Um, but thanks, guys, as always. I appreciate you giving of your time. And uh, as I've said so many times over the years, I know it's not always easy. We've got to sometimes rush home from work and and uh, it's been a long, tiring day, so I appreciate you guys uh, stepping up uh, all the time every month and, and coming on the show. Um, so last week on the, on the panel, guys, uh, I talked about with, with the group that was on then, uh, some of the questions that I get, uh, people send them in you know, various times throughout the year, and uh, what I try to do is so, sort of sift through them and pick some that I think uh, would be of interest uh, for us to talk about on the panel. And uh, so these are some commonly asked questions in golf. Some of you, uh, you guys may have heard them before, uh, in your uh, industry, in your practice, uh, when you're working out on the, on the range or on the golf course from some of your students. Uh, but I thought as a general rule, we'll try and talk about a few of them tonight. So uh, I'm going to do this. Uh, Pete, if you don't mind, I'm going to start with you tonight for, for a, a different uh, way of doing it. And then John, and then I'll flip the, the order. Um, one of the questions that, that I've gotten asked, and, and again, maybe you guys have as well, is, uh, is in reference to impact. And a lot of people get confused with this. Uh, and then the question is generally this. I'll ask the question, then I'll sort of explain a little bit. Is should I hit up on the ball at impact? Um, a lot of people misunderstand it. We see them kind of, you know, tilting back on, on, the, on their uh, address position. And they're trying to sort of hit up, like scoop the ball sometimes even. Uh, and a lot of people have that. They, they misunderstand what really is the proper technique for, for hitting good golf shots. So, uh, Pete, what do you think about that? Should we be hitting uh, up on the ball at impact? Or is there something else we should need to be doing, and why? Well, I guess, first of all, it would depend on which club we're selecting, but I would think uh, for most of the masses, hitting up on it with a driver would make sense. But I think uh, when you're looking at the irons, if if anything, they want to get it you know, swinging down to get a little bit better impact. I don't think it has to swing down too much. Um, but, you know, definitely with, with an iron to get that, that sort of contact and to help get the right spin, 
make sure they collect the ball first. You know, with the irons, you want the club, you know, on a downward descent as it comes into impact. They can't level off. I mean, you know, you know me as we've talked before. I, I like to try to get them as level as I can. It's still down a little bit, but I like it to to come down a slight bit. But uh, again, with a driver, you know, you might want to be swinging a little bit more up with that angle of attack because I think they'll get better carry with it. Um, so really, it depends on what golf club they're using. But I think for the most part. Um, you know, they, they want to have a, a downward angle with the irons. Um, we've seen it too often with a lot of players have that downward angle with a driver, which doesn't do them any good. But um, really, you know, depending on the club selection, um, I think, you know, probably the only club in the bag, uh, driver, maybe a three-word off a tee, but the rest of them, I think they'd be better served to swing down at it versus up. Yeah, and, and that's a great point. And, and John, I think just to, to add to that, um, you know, I think that a lot of people don't understand the, the reasonings why they, they need to hit down a little bit with their irons. So maybe you can explain uh, maybe in just a little bit more detail why that is. You know, most people, if they think about it, they think, well, I'm trying to get the ball airborne. Why would I sw- be swinging down uh, slightly uh, on the ball at impact? Uh, why not, you know, try to hit, help hit it up in the air? So maybe you can explain a little bit more detail why uh, that's a true scenario, at least for the irons. Yes, uh, I agree with uh, um, what what Pete was saying uh, with the driver. But with the irons, um, I try to get all my students to hit the golf ball with their with their body weight and the rotation of their body, and then using the loft of the club. Uh, now this all starts with the ball position. Uh, I believe in uh, you know having the ball inside the left heel. So so basically, there's a shift in rotation. And when you do this, um, you're going to produce the the club head speed and the power, but you really, the, what I want my students to understand is that, you know, gravity is going to bring the club down. You don't need to make the club come down. What you want to do is create that forward rotation, um, and when you do that, uh, that and the combination of the club obviously being up in the air and then gravity itself uh, will help you to create that downward des- descent so that you're making a divot. Obviously, we want to hit the ball first and then hit the ground second. Uh, based on the loft, the more the more loft you have, obviously, the higher the ball is going to go in the air. Um, and, and if you look, uh, you know, if you really look at good iron players, um, they all make divots. Uh, the, you know, there's some exceptions. Mm-hmm. I know Steve Stricker doesn't make a divot. But, but if you look at the great ball strikers through the years, they all make a divot. The caddies are always on tour running out and grabbing the divots and bringing them back. Um, <laughs> and if you're not making a divot, uh, you're, you're essentially going to lose power. Uh, in most cases, because the the irons are designed, I always tell my students, the irons are designed to be dirty. You know, you're designed to get them in the ground. Now, if you're getting in the ground, like Pete mentioned, some people get it in the ground too much, and then that's different issues. It could be the ball position or the distance from the ball or their lack of rotation or grip. There's a lot of reasons why you can get the, the club in the ground too much. But you're using the loft of the club, you're using the rotation of the body, um, and that that descent um, uh, is really uh, naturally occurring with gravity. So if you can get the rotation part, the club's going to come down. That's what I always I promise you the club will come down if you rotate to the target. Yeah, well said. And, and let me just add uh, as well for, for the listeners out there, uh, you know, uh, again, I think a lot of people get confused by this, and, and it seems like a very simple process. Um, the one thing that you want to guard against is you don't want to be, as, as Pete pointed out as well, you don't want to be intentionally trying to drive the club down into the ball uh, in a downward set. In other words, you don't want to be like a wood chopper and trying to, uh, to really drive down on it. You want the club face itself. And, and as John mentioned, uh, obviously you have different lofts. 
and uh, depending on which iron you're playing, and the club face itself uh, will do the job of how much uh, the ball is going to get into the air. And, and the clubs are specifically done. If you, if you look at the design, excuse me, if you look at the club face of your irons, uh, you've got grooves in them. And what essentially happens is when you're coming down and you make contact with the ball first, it compresses the ball, and that ball actually, uh, with the help of the grooves, actually creates a backspin, which creates, of course, your lift. And then as you move the club forward, you're creating that forward momentum as well. So that's what gets the ball going airborne and also helps it go forward. If you come too hard down on the ball, essentially what you're going to do is you're basically driving the ball into the ground too much, and it's not going to go anywhere. It may pop up. It may, uh, depending on whether the face is open or not. So there's a lot of variables that can happen. So uh, essentially what you want to do is you want to have a slightly descending blow uh, on, uh, on the golf ball with your irons. And as Pete and, and John both suggested, obviously with your irons, uh, it's more of a sweeping action. And, of course, with your, your driver and three-wood, if they're teed up, uh, you are going to be hitting them with a slight uh, upward uh, impact, uh, again, which is uh, going to get a little bit more airborne. And part of the reason for that is obviously your drivers and even your three-wood don't have uh, as much loft as uh, some of your irons do. So, obviously, uh, it needs a little bit more help. But essentially, uh, that's the rule of thumb. So, for any of you that, out there that maybe have that confusion, I hope we've, we've helped alleviate that just a little bit. Um, John, I'm going to go back to you on, on this next one here. And this is another one, too, that I, I see a lot of amateurs uh, sort of fall into this trap. And the general question is this, how tightly should I uh, hold on to the grip? In other words, how tightly should I be holding on to the club? We see a lot of different variations. We see some people got literally a death grip on there, and you can see the veins popping out of their forearms. And then you see others that maybe don't have very much of a, a, a firm you know, grip at all. So uh, is there kind of a rule of thumb, or what do you generally try to advise your students? Um, it's funny that you, you bring this up because I just did a golf tip on this uh, last week, and I, I posted it on Facebook. Uh, I, um, you, can, you can find it on there if you want. But um, it, I talk about the grip pressure. And the tension when you're holding the club, uh, it's very much like when you shoot a basketball or you throw a baseball. You hold the ball in your fingers. You hold the club in your fingers. The tension is in the fingers. You do not want the club to be in the palms. So when you shoot a basketball, you don't want the basketball in the palm. You want it in the fingertips. Uh, when you're holding the, the, the club, you're going to be putting the tension in the fingers, but your wrists are going to be very relaxed. And so um, the, it, if you put the club in the palm of your hand, it, it produces uh, the, the tension in the forearms, and, and tension in the forearms will kill a golf swing. If you have tension in right. your forearms, you're not going to get power. So – one of the things that I do with a lot of my students is, is, is I'll go over and I'll just grab their forearms just to feel the tension when they're holding the club. And it is amazing. I have had five- and six-year-old kids who squeeze the club so tightly that I physically cannot move their fingers. And, I'm, you know, as an adult, that's how much power you can produce. So too much tension in the fingers is not good either. So you have to teach uh, the right amount and – and, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really one of those things that um, I've got a couple little drills where I'll have the, whole, the students hold the club up in the air and kind of move back and forth. And I want the tension in the fingers, but their wrist to be relaxed so the club will kind of move. Very much like when a baseball player is standing at the bat, uh, up the bat, the bat will kind of move. He doesn't, the bat's not perfectly still. If you watch their bat, it's kind of moving. So their, their forearms are nice and relaxed, and that's going to allow them to create maximum speed. So... You want the tension in the fingers, not in the palms, and you, you don't want any tension in your forearms. Your wrist should be able to move. If you can do that, you should definitely see an increase in your swing speed. 
Yeah, and, and that's a that's a great uh, great way as well to point that out, um, Pete. Just uh, something I, I wanted to add to that, and just to get your thoughts. You know, we we've heard over the years, um, you know, great players like Tom Watson who talked about the grip, and and uh, and others, uh, you know, Nicholas and Palmer, some of the older golfers, you know, talked about the sensation of almost feeling like you're you're cradling or holding a, a baby bird in your hand. So you want to be able to hold it so that it's secure. But at the same time, you obviously don't want that death grip on there. And then the other thing I want to mention, too, is we've often heard, um, and, and I'm talking about your right-handed golfers here um, that would have your left hand leading, uh, that most of the pressure is going to be in the last three fingers of your left hand and in the first uh, two fingers and thumb of your right hand as it grips the club as well. And then the other two sort of just piggyback, uh, either interlock or piggyback, or depending on what grip you have, uh, maybe even be uh, not very many people use it today, but a baseball type grip and just sort of comfortably rest on the club. What are your thoughts with that sort of approach to it? Does that make a lot of sense in today's game? Uh, or is that just something that maybe uh, was a way of explaining it to, you know, uh, earlier, earlier uh, in, in golf instruction? Well, I think it makes a little bit of sense that, you know, you will always want to start off where you're not trying to squeeze the club. I think all of us will naturally grab it tight enough in the downswing so we don't throw it down the fairway. Uh, so, so to right. a certain extent, you know, you'll adjust to, to, to hold it so you don't lose it. Um, and as far as, you know, where it's placed in the hands, I think a lot of that has to do with what ball shape you're looking for. You know, with the grip, uh, if, if I've got somebody who's fighting hooks, I'll put it in the palm for a few swings to slow that down and get them to feel how mm-hmm. the, the, the hands and the forearms work a little bit more together. We'll leave it there, you know, for the, for the most part. But I can also use not only the position of where the grip is in the in the hands, but I can also use the tension to help too. You have somebody who fights hooks, you can have them hold a little bit harder. If somebody who fights slices, you can have them hold a little bit lighter. So you can actually use mm-hmm. the tension to assist in getting the club face to work a little bit better as well. But, you know, I, I, I agree with, with both of what you guys said. I mean, you don't want it too tight. And especially with the forearms, you don't want them, you know, too much pressure in there and too, too tight with the forearms. I mean, I've had some of them, I've had them lift up the club and I could drag them around the golf course. They'll never let go of it. You know, they're holding on to it so hard. And so, you know, he says, let me have it, you know. So, so that's how I, you know, how tight I want you to hold it when you're starting. And I said, I'll tell him, so you'll grab it tight enough so you don't throw it down the fairway. And if you do, we'll just go get it. You know, that's no problem. But, you know, I think to a certain extent you can use, you can use grip positions, uh, whether it's the angle the hands are on there, uh, where they fit in the hands, and you can use the pressure also to guide uh, and change the club face and, and work some sh- uh, shot shapes too. Cause I know for me, if I want to hit a fade, I'm going to, I'm going to put a death grip on it and that'll just, that'll hold it a little bit tighter and, and I won't be able to get the face to open or to close. So I can hit a little bit of fade. So, I mean, I can use a, a little bit of the grip pressure uh, to change the ball flight a little bit too. Right. And a lot of players over the years have talked about that of about sometimes adjustment in their, in their grip pressure will, will certainly assist and depending on the shot they want to do. Uh, I remember it reminds me of kind of a very interesting note, um, a number of years ago, I was working with a student back home and, uh, I remember he, you know, he had one of those death grips on his driver. And I said, why, why are you holding the club so tight? Uh, you know, it's like you, you don't want to let it go. And he said, well, I'm going to be honest with you. He said, after spending $400 on this brand new driver, he says, I don't want to let it go. I'm afraid, <laughs> said, I'm afraid somebody's going to snatch it out of my hand. So he's, that's why I'm holding onto a little bit tighter. So I, I let him off a little bit with that, but you know, essentially I think you guys both have explained it very, very well. You know, the idea, folks, is, is this, is you want to have 
your grip tight enough that obviously when you're swinging the club, because you are swinging it uh, with quite a bit of momentum, uh, you don't want it to come slinging out of your hand. But at the same time, uh, you want to, as John mentioned as well, you, you want to be able to, to move your, uh, when you're holding onto the club, much like, uh, you know, you would see a baseball player, you want to be able to uh, be able to, to move your wrists around uh, and, and hold the club firmly. But at the same time that, you, you know, if, you're, if your hands and, and that grip are too tight, uh, your forearms are not going to allow you to have that flexibility. So you want to f- have uh, sort of a firm grip, uh, but not too firm. So, uh, again, you have to kind of play around with that. Um, now, Pete, I, I want to come back to you uh, on this one here. Uh, and this is another area that, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, have problems with, and that's that coming over the top. Uh, you know, and, and obviously, first off, explain a little bit what it means by coming over the top and then what you try to do to help uh, your students sort of uh, overcome that, uh, that uh, flaw, if you will, or that fault uh, in our golf swing. Well, I think, you know, over the years, I think coming over the top has gotten, you know, quite a, quite a bit of an expansive description, but I think more than anything else, it's to me coming over it is when, when the club's moving from the top of the swing on the outside, as a right-handed player from mm-hmm. outside or out to in, the club's moving, you know, outward away from them. So it's coming more over uh, from the top of the swing versus if you had somebody swinging to the inside would be under. So the club works out over the, in this case, out over the shoulders and, you know, outside the ball and then comes across the left. You know, for me, if, if I see somebody who's that way, uh, most of the time I've, I've, I haven't seen anybody who hooks the ball come over the top. Uh, most of the ones right. that are coming over the top are the ones that uh, are losing the ball to the right uh, as far as a right-handed player. So that's the reaction. And so if we can get to the cause of why the ball's going off to the right and change that, then that move is no longer relevant because now they'll hit it way off to the left. And so I will I'll, you know, work on trying to get the, 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 the cause down first, you know, a little bit of history on, on how they've played and what they've done. And, um, you know, usually when I see somebody make a move like that, I'll, the first thing I'll say to them is, how long have you lost the ball to the right? And, you know, as a right-handed player, and they're, they're surprised that I, I know that by, by watching that. But, I mean, they're swinging miles left, so I'm, I'm sure they're afraid of going to the right. And so if you can change what's going on with the contact to get the face more neutral, um, then it's easier to work them back out of that. And then you can have them coming back from a more, you know, inside direction. And, you know, you can take slow it down, take practice swings, show them the different directions on how the club works you know, how the shaft works relative to the arms, whether it's coming over the arms or under the arms as it's coming into the ball. But I think that can also be helped uh, by changing the, the actual face angle, you know, get it more in line with where the shaft is moving and I think uh, and where the path is going. And I think then they can start to see that, uh, you know, there's no reason to come over it when it's already going left, you know, so then they'll start to change their direction and react to where the ball's going. So, I think in that particular case, for me, I'm always going to look at the the cause first, why it's doing that, and then dig in and fix that. And I think once we get the ball shape changed, it's easy to change that move and and get it out of there. Right. Great. Great point. Um, you know, John, we we call it the golf swing for a reason, and that's because you know we're swinging the the golf club. Uh, we're not sort of snatching it away and 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 really hitting with the golf uh, club. We're we're actually swinging it and essentially the ball's getting in the way. And I think one of the reasons that coming over the top uh, that I see is a lot of players sort of force that club. They're not actually swinging the club back along a natural 
uh, motion, they're actually snatching that club away well inside on their backswing. And obviously, like everything, there's a cause and effect. If you do something to an extreme one way, you have to sort of overcorrect or correct it in order to, to get back to that sort of neutral position. So that, again, forces the player then to throw the club out and coming over the top. So how do we, what do we do to, with a player that you see that's sort of yanking that club a little bit too far inside on their backswing? It's not a natural move. It's not the way their body should naturally move. They're actually forcing that club in, and ultimately, uh, as a result, when they're coming into their downswing, they're going to, um, as Pete suggested, they're going to hit that over-the-top move uh, and create all kinds of problems. So what do you do when you see a player like that? How do you get them uh, to sort of focus on swinging the, the club a little more naturally and not forcing a movement in their backswing? That's a, that's a great point. Uh, first of all, I want to kind of echo what Pete said because I agree 100%. Anytime I see someone come over the top, the first thing I look at is the club face, and I start with the grip. And 90% of the people who come over the top have too weak of a grip, so that's usually the first thing I'll do. I want to match the ball. I want to match where they're swinging. So if they're swinging 40 yards left of their target, I want their ball to go 40 yards left of their target. Then I go to what you're talking about. Then I start addressing the path. And so in the, in the, the lesson, I've had lessons that in the, I've had probably 2,000 of these in my lifetime where I've had a, someone who's way inside and they come over the top. And sometimes within a couple of minutes, I can get them hitting pulls because that's where their swing is going. That's where their ball should go. Then I start working on their path of their takeaway uh, and getting them, you know, getting it matched up so it's not so severe. Because obviously if you do, like you said, if you go eight or ten inches inside, you're going to come eight or ten inches outside, and that's that's going to be hard to play no matter what the club face is doing. So um, once I get them hitting those pulls, then I start working on their path. And it could be in their setup, uh, their distance for the ball, things like that can affect it. But a lot of times what I'll have them do is I'll have them um, in their takeaway, I want to work on just their initial takeaway. I don't want them to think about the whole swing because it gets too complicated. If I've changed their grip right. and I can get them taking, taking it, just getting it started right, that usually takes care of a lot of the problems right there. And so what I'll do is I'll put a board behind the club face and I'll have them push the board back, or sometimes I'll get a medicine ball, like a two-pound two medicine ball, and have them push that back. And by pushing the ball back or pushing the board back, it gets their swing started because anytime someone takes the club inside, most likely if they have a combination of a weak grip, they're using a lot of hands, a lot of arms, I want them to take the club back with their back and shoulders. So I get weight. I put weight behind their club to force them to use their bigger muscles and not their smaller muscles, and that usually helps with their takeaway. Yeah, and, and just a, an, and add one more point onto that as well. And that's that's a great uh, a great uh, analogy, uh, John. By the way, um, another thing too that I think as coaches we have to be mindful of, um, you know, even though we have to look at things like the grip and that, a lot of times what I've uh, discovered over the years that uh, many many golfers do is when they're not uh, addressing the ball in balance. And what I mean by that is if you notice when a lot of players are too ba- far back on their heels. In order to maintain balance, they have to actually pull the club more inside because if they try to do it the other way, they're going to fall out of balance. They're not going to be in balance, and they actually can't execute that move as easily without actually pushing their arms away from their body. So it becomes a comfortable move. If they're set back on their heels uh, at address, 
automatically they're going to it's going to incline to force them to pull that club a little too far to the inside and then ultimately again because they're out of balance in order to get back in balance they're going to throw their shoulders out and create that over the top move so balance is something else key as well you want to get them a little bit more towards the balls of their feet um, and more in an athletic position and I remember years ago watching um, when uh, Nick Faldo and David Ledbetter were still working together. He did a uh, Faldo did a great video series uh, together with David, and they talked about that very thing uh, about being in balance. A lot of times golfers get too far back on their heels, or conversely, get too far on their toes as well, and that creates uh, a, a different movement in their backswing. In order to maintain uh, a balanced uh, stance, they've got to actually do something out of sync, if you will, in order to maintain that balance. Uh, so that's something that I think we have to be mindful of as well. And a lot of times it's not always easy to pick it up right away, um, but I just want people to, to make sure that they're in balance. So when you're working with your, your coach or your instructor, uh, make sure you're, they're looking at all aspects uh, of the golf swing, not just the, the, the grip uh, and even the stance, but how balanced they, the uh, player might be at the time of their uh, address position. So just something to keep in mind. Um, John, I'm going to come back to you here. Uh, okay. on this is uh, next question. Yeah. And this next question is, um, you know, we, we get a lot of windy conditions out there uh, on the golf course, uh, um, especially if you're living near a coast or something, but um, what should I adjust? This was a question that was put forth not too long ago, actually. Uh, what should I adjust when playing in the wind? So what, what adjustment should I be making uh, to my golf swing or golf game uh, when I'm playing out in the wind? Oh, that's a great question because um, it depends on obviously which way the wind is blowing. Uh, sometimes uh, the wind is, you know, helping. Sometimes it's hurting. Then you have crosswinds. But the majority of those, in all of those situations, except for when the wind is behind you, we're going to negate that. So if it's in my face, if right to left or left to right, the biggest mistake that I see people make is they try to make a full swing. They take, okay, let's say they hit their pitching wedge 100 yards and they had a 100-yard shot, but they have a really hard left-to-right wind. They try to hit their pitching wedge. They hit it up in the air, and it blows way right of their target. And so the biggest mistake that I see my students make is they don't take an extra club or even two. Sometimes I'll take two extra clubs and choke down on the club to lower my ball. So I try to explain to them, if I've got a pitching wedge shot that's full, if I'll take a nine iron and choke down on it, it means I have to stand closer to the ball. I'm going to make a little bit more of a narrow stance. Yep. And I make a little smaller swing. I can make my nine iron be like my pitching wedge, but go at a lower trajectory. And if you watch tour players, anytime it's windy, they try to bring their ball flight down. They don't try to get their ball flight higher in the air because they lose control of the ball. And, and that's the, I mean, Tiger is the best I've ever seen at that. Um, you know, Trevino was great at that. There's a lot of great wind players through the years, um, that, you know, that that, have, that can do that. And that when they you get in the British Open, you know, that was why I think, you know, for years Mickelson struggled so much in the British Open because he's a, he's a high ball hitter. Uh, and when he learned to hit yep. the ball lower, and, and, and that was, I think, when he got in his late 30s, early 40s, he was a better player then in his 40s than he was in his 30s. Uh, because he learned to lower his ball flight. I think that was one of the things you saw him even at, at, at the Augusta getting to some back pins. You know, he learned to lower his ball flight as well. So lowering your ball flight, and the easiest way to lower your ball flight is to take more club than you're used to. Put your ego aside, take the 7-iron out instead of the 8-iron or even the 9-iron, 
and you'll lower your ball flight. Uh, you'll make less swing, lower ball flight. It's much easier to play that way. Yeah, and, and as you're indicating about less swing, uh, you might even hit a three-quarter swing as opposed to a full swing in some cases, depending on the, the circumstance. So, again, this is something that you want to play with a little bit uh, out in the practice tee uh, to get used to hitting these different types of shots. Um, Pete, I'm going to throw the same question to you, but I want to just add a little bit. Um, what about things like stance and actually setup? Um, you know, John talked about, you know, maybe taking uh, some extra club in, in, in certain circumstances. Um, but obviously we've got some gusty winds coming and maybe a pretty strong wind, uh, you know, not just out, uh, you know, hitting balls out from the fairway, but even on the putting green sometimes, uh, what do we need to do? Maybe adjust our stance a little bit. Uh, does it need to go a little bit wider, narrower, or what do you recommend? Well, I think first of all, it, you know, the, the higher the wind is, I think the wider you want to get it. So you've got a little bit more stability. Um, so you can hold your ground a little bit more, um, I, I agree with, with everything that, that John said as far as, you know, what we're trying to do to lower it. I mean, for me, when the conditions are windy, I, I, I have a, a swing that I call, it's like a wall-to-wall drill. It's basically the hands go shoulder high on both sides, and uh, we, we take the swing down. And I've always said speed creates lift. So if you're swinging it too long and too fast, you're going to lift the ball too high in the air. And so you just bring the club to a, a lower swing overall, without having it go as long and then just take more golf club. You know, I grew up in Kansas. So, you know, the saying back then was if the yeah. wind ever stopped blowing, everybody fall down because everybody's leaning into the wind because <laughs> it blows all the time. <laughs> and so we learned how to hit it, you know, as low as possible. And it was, it was a lot of, you know, 120 yards out, you're hitting six iron and people are looking at you like, you've got to be kidding us. And well, I don't want the wind to mess with it. So, you know, you just learn how yep. to play in those conditions and, and really, I think more than anything else, you just have to take more club with less swing, and you'll control the ball beautifully into the wind uh, when you do that. And I think, as you know, John mentioned before, going downwind, I think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people make going downwind is they take too little loft. Um, you know, yeah. there have been many, many situations where I've hit a three or five wood longer off the tee than I could hit a driver because the wind pushes the driver down because it doesn't get high enough in the air. So you can take a, a yeah. fairway wood, and uh, launch that thing up in the air, and the wind will carry it a long way. So, you know, really just looking at, at the conditions you have, um, you know, as far as ball position, careful not moving it too far back. I see a lot of players try to put the ball way back in their stance, and then the, the contact becomes an issue. You really don't have to move the yep. ball very far back. You can keep it where it is, widen the stance a little bit if the wind's really howling so you can hold your ground. And I think more than anything else, you just have to have more club with less swing and I think that's a, a really good way to play in the wind. Yeah. And, and, and just one more thing I want to mention on ball position too, that I think people need to understand um, in your normal setup, if you've got the ball position, let's say if you normally play it, as John mentioned earlier on in the segment, um, you know, just sort of inside your left heel a little bit, if you're widening your stance, then you need to adjust the ball uh, position accordingly. One of the mistakes I see is I'll see a player, you know, whatever condition may, may, may be faced with, whether it's wind or something else, and they'll widen their stance by several inches, but they'll still keep their ball in the same position hitting, so let's say, their seven iron. And the problem that that creates now is the ball position is actually technically further up in their, in their, um, in their stance. So they're actually having to now reach for the ball a little bit more. So you need to make sure that if you're going to widen your stance uh, to, to suit conditions, that you adjust the golf ball accordingly because otherwise you're going to end up hitting it fat uh, or you're going to end up coming up uh, and sort of hitting it on that upswing and hitting it thin. So 
Um, just a, a quick note on that, guys, if you're, if you're tuning into the show tonight, um, to, to keep mindful of that as well, because I see that happening all the time uh, out on the golf course. Uh, I believe, uh, is it John or Pete? I can't remember where I left off. Uh, is it, I think I come back to you now, John, right? I think it's back to you, Ted. Okay, back to you. Well, good. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Okay, so uh, next question. This is what happens with guys when you get old. Uh, <laughs> okay, my next question, Pete, <laughs> Pete for you is, is this, um, and this is a question I've, I've had uh, not a lot, but a little bit over the years, is should I feel like I'm lifting the club in my backswing? And we t- I kind of touched a little bit on that and sort of skirted that issue uh, earlier on when we were talking about coming over the top. But we see this, pardon me, with a lot of players, is they, they start to swing it back and then all of a sudden they'll abruptly lift the club up and you see their arms collapse. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, what should it feel like in the backswing? Should they feel like they're actually lifting the club or should it just feel like the, the, the motion of their body is actually bringing the club to the top position? I think you're going to have a combination of both uh, in that, you know, every swing needs vertical and horizontal motion. So you're going to have to have a little of each. Um, you know, I don't think anything should be done too independently. And I think I know what you're talking about where you have them, you know, they start right. off and then the, the hands, the wrists, and they just pick the club straight up in the air. And, you know, then it's, you know, the old saying, what goes up is going to come down. And unfortunately it's going to come down too much. And so I think there has to be a combination. I, I, you know, to me, and I heard John mention a little bit before to me, uh, and I, I will say the first three feet when the club gets parallel to the ground, I mean, that motion in the first three feet away from the ball to me is critical. And I think if you can get, you know, the body to get into a good position and the arms and the hands of the club working as a unit together and moving away, I think that first three feet sets up the rest of it and makes the rest of the swing uh, to place the club in, in the backswing a little bit easier to do. Um, you know, if it's not right in that first segment away from the ball, then you're just going to be spending the rest of the swing compensating. So I think it's a combination as you come away that the shoulders need to have some turn to them. Um, the hands and arms need to work a little bit as a unit together as you come away from it. So, you know, I don't think you mm-hmm. want to lift it up too quickly uh, as you come away from the ball. Right. Um, it's, you know, as that right arm folds, the club's going to go up. So there is going to be some upward motion to it. And as the wrist move, you're going to have the club coming up. So you don't want to do anything extra. So I think as you first start off from the ball, I think it's very important that you allow the arms, the club, and, um, you know, the shoulders to work more as a unit together. Um, to put it into place but then again too it all depends on what their fault is you know you may have you may need somebody who needs to lift it up lift it up a bit because they're the one that as you mentioned before stuck it so far in around them so you know i don't think it has to be too independent but i think uh you know looking at what's going on with the swing looking at what the faults are uh, i think you know you have to, to to look at it a little bit of each um you know some are going to need it to come up more some are going to need it to come around more um, but I think right off the ball, I think it's more of a combination than just lifting the club up into the air, lifting it up in the backswing. I think once you start it off uh, with the shoulders, the arms together, I think then as the right arm begins to fold, it's much easier to set the club in a better position coming up to the top of the swing. Yeah, great point. And, and I think that, uh, you know, John, something else too that we have to, to really look at, and I think this is where you see a lot of this from, uh, certainly not the only cause but uh and we see this a lot particularly with some of our older golfers and mature golfers and that is a lack of flexibility i think a lot of as as we age obviously we don't have for for maybe those that aren't out there uh keeping us active they don't have that flexibility so ultimately what happens as they as as pete was just talking about as they're starting to turn through those first couple of feet 
and they get to a point where they're starting to feel tension, their natural reaction is to collapse uh, because they can't hold that tension any longer. And ultimately they end up forcing the club up uh, to get to the top in order to complete the turn. So they're not actually turning the club at that point. They're actually lifting it in order to get it to the top. So that might be an area too. Wouldn't you agree, John, that we might have to look at is the flexibility of the golfer. There's no doubt. I mean, um, I'm real big into, um, you know, working, giving students exercises. I believe it's my job as a, as a golf professional, someone comes to me and, and they're out of shape uh, for the game and they want to get better, um, it's my job to give them ways, uh, and, it's, and it involves exercises uh, that are golf-specific, uh, whether it be, you know, a medicine ball is, is great for that. Um, you know, I want the student to start the golf swing with their back and shoulders, and then they're going to use the – when your back and shoulders move, your arms are going to move, and when the arms move, the club is going to move, and then when the club moves, then the wrist hinge occurs. That's called the kinetic chain. And so it's about getting the club started with the back and shoulders. So I do a lot of core exercises with students. And I don't believe, you know, when people talk about how do I make the club go up, I said, I tell them, think about a swing set. You don't need to make the – if I'm pushing someone on a swing set, I don't have to make them go up. All I have to do is push them back. The momentum and the, uh, the chain will take them up because of the momentum that I create. Well, the golf swing is the same mm-hmm. way. If I get the club started back, all I have to do is get it going back. The momentum, assuming I have enough momentum, the momentum will make mm-hmm. the club go up. Now, you can have too much momentum. Some people are too fast, and then we have to slow them down. And then the second thing I tell them is if I'm pushing you on a swing set, I don't have to make you come down. Gravity will bring you down. So if I can get you going back and then get your rotation through, the club will come down naturally, and it'll create it'll bottom out in the same spot every time if you do it do it naturally. So, you know, understanding the science of the kinetic chain is one part. Having the physical ability to, to your muscles, like you said, you know, working on stretching, working on anything that you can do with weight. The, the weighted clubs, the, the, the uh, orange whip is fantastic for that. Um, it's probably the best thing out there, and I would, I would recommend you know, swing, swinging that as well. Uh, anything that you can do along those lines is going to help with the flexibility and the, getting the, the core muscles to be able to swing the club and not the hands and the arms. Great point as well. And, um, you know, this is something that, you know, I, I think that a lot of golfers out there, when they're having difficulties uh, in their golf game, um, sometimes are looking for massive change. They, they, you know, they're changing too much. And a lot of times it could be something very simple. Uh, John, as you just pointed out, it might be uh, a lack of flexibility that's causing it. Or, uh, you know, Pete, as you suggested, uh, maybe, uh, you know, they're taking it too far in or too far out. Um, and it might be a very simple uh, fix. It might be a very simple change. A lot of times, they ultimately end up making too many changes to their golf swing when something happens. And this is why we can't emphasize enough. It's important to get out there uh, and work with your local golf professional and uh, get into not just take lessons, but get in there maybe into a coaching program with them uh, where you're taking multiple lessons over a period of time and working on different aspects of your game. And you'll get to into a rhythm and get them to help you put together a pre, nice pre-shot routine and even a post-shot routine so that you're building up consistency. That's another thing that we see a lot of times, guys, and I'm sure you can both attest to, is we get golfers out there and they just sort of, you know, meander around the golf course. They don't know what to do. They get, you know, over shots and they're confused. And, and one, you know, the first shot, they might do a great pre-shot routine and they get into the next shot 
and they're all over the place. They're, they don't know what to do. They, they've lost that rhythm, and it's very easy to deal, derail around uh, when you're sort of chaotic out in the golf course. So that's one of the reasons why we you know, try to help you here on the Coach's Corner panel is to talk about some of these different things that you may be experiencing. You may be experiencing some different things, um, and we want to hear about that. So uh, I'm going to tell you how you can do that a little bit later on in the broadcast. But, um, uh, Pete, uh, I want to come back to you, and, and I think this is probably going to be our final question, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up. Um, you know, this is something that I've heard a lot of golfers as well talk about, hitting a fairway wood, it, whether it be three or even a five wood from the fairway. Um, you know, how they set up for that and, and, and what they're trying to create there. Because a lot of them, I mean, we see this all the time. They hit a good shot. Maybe they're on a par five, and they think, okay, I'm going to go for the green. I'm going to pull up my fairway wood. And they, you know, either chunk it or they hit the ball on top, and it just trickles, you know, a few yards down the fairway. Uh, or they're hitting behind it or whiffing the ball or what have you. There's all kinds of scenarios we can create. Um, so let's talk about that. Um, how can I hit better three woods from the fairway? Well, I think, first of all, you have to understand how to set that three wood down on the fairway. You know, in my experience over mm-hmm. the years watching so many players, they set it down with too little loft and also they set it down closed. And so basically, you know, they're going to hit at the center or above the center of the ball on their best swings, and that's just not going to carry that ball anywhere. So I try to make them aware, first of all, how that club should set down on the ground, first of all. Then secondly, once I show them that, I'll I'll show them, I said, now, based on the lie here, you know, a lot of times in the fairway, uh, they're cut pretty tight. There's not enough room under that ball with that three wood for you to sufficiently get that thing in the air, especially if they don't have a lot of speed. I said, you're probably better off hitting a five-wood off of this one because you'll get a little bit better shot. And, of course, they'll always say, well, yeah. I need my three-wood to get there. And I say, well, if you hit your five-wood solid, you're going to get there a lot further than you're going to get there with your three-wood not solid. So, really, to right. me, they have to understand the lie condition that the ball's in and then, secondly, how to set the club down uh, to make that shot. And then a lot of times, the three-wood's not the club they should be hitting. Uh, the lie isn't conducive, nor do they have the speed to lift it out of that lie, or they just don't set it down properly. I mean, it has a loss on it. It has a face on it that has to be aimed square. And, you know, so many times as they're trying to get it in the air, I mean, they'll, they'll push that handle forward and, you know, and try to hit down to make that great contact. And the one thing you don't want to do with the three wood is hit down on it too much because then you won't get it up in the air. You won't carry it anywhere. And so the other point is, Two, that you, you sort of have to do using the old verbiage, you got to let the club do the work. I mean, to a certain extent, yeah. they, they, try to, they try too hard to hit those fairway woods because they have a long ways to go. And so I think you just got to say, look, you know, you got to let this club swing just like you did off the tee. You know, you're going to have to use, um, you know, some good rhythm with it. Don't try to hit it too hard. Don't try to hit it too far. You know, the club's longer than the iron, so naturally it's going to have more speed. It's got less loft. So that's going to give you a chance to hit it further. So I think to a certain extent, they, they don't want to try too hard. I mean, you want to let them, um, you know, have an opportunity to, to make a, a good a good swing at it, a good solid swing at it. And, uh, again, just understanding the situation that they're in. And, um, you know, the, the clubs are built easier. You know, you remember those old three woods we had to hit with the, you know, the plates on the bottom <laughs> of them that were just about not impossible to get off the ground. You know, and now they've right. got some easier ones, but they still have to set it down on the ground properly. And I think to to a certain degree, too, I have a lot of them. I'll take them out, and I'll have them hit threes and five woods together, 
out on the fairway and, and um, you know, from certain situations, they're saying, wow, my five wood actually goes further. I said, I know it does because you can actually, from this lie, get underneath the ball better and you're actually going to carry it further. So I think it's a lot, uh, not only the swing itself, but getting them to understand the situation that they're in and, and using the club properly. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and John, just to add a little bit to that, just so that we can really let the, the folks uh, understand a little bit better, um, how, how are we going to set up to this now? Are we going to, you know, typically with, with a, a, say, our three-wood as an example, if we were hitting it off the tee, of course, we're going to play it a little bit further up as far as our ball position uh, because now we're going to be swinging a little bit more on the upswing. Um, and we're also probably going to be standing a little bit further so what are some changes, if any, do we need to make if we're hitting it now right off the fairway? Um, as, as far as where we play the ball, do we need to move it back a little bit? And do we maybe need to be standing a little bit closer to the ball? And are we, as Pete's suggesting here, it's more of a sweeping uh, uh, off the, the fairway as opposed to you know, necessarily hitting it directly up like we would off a tee or hitting it down like we would our irons? What, what's some of the changes that you see um, when hitting the fairway woods? Really, um, I don't really um, make any setup changes really when I'm hitting a fairway wood off the fairway versus a fairway wood off the tee. Uh, obviously, the fairway wood is the second, you know, especially a three wood is the second longest club, uh, only the driver's longer. So you're going to be standing, you know, far from the ball. You're going to have a wide stance. So I don't do anything. I don't change. I don't move the ball back. You're hitting with a fairway wood slightly down on the ball. You're not hitting up on the ball. You're you're only hitting slightly up on the ball with the driver, like we talked about earlier. But I want to kind of echo what, what Pete was saying. First of all, I went to a tailor-made seminar. I'm on their staff, and I went to that about three or four years ago. And they recommended that if any, if any of your students have a double-digit handicap, that they should not even carry a three-wood unless they're going to use it as a second driving club. That, that The studies show that a five-wood will outperform a three-wood every time if you are a double digit handicapper. So if you're a sing- now if you're a better player, if you're a you know a, a single digit player then then that's different. But if you're if you because most high handicappers don't have the club head speed and the three wood doesn't give them enough loft to get the ball in the air. So they may hit a low running shot if they hit it solid, but they actually get a better launch angle with the five wood which in turn uh, gives them more distance because the, they're going to get more carry. But as far as the setup goes, I really don't make uh, a change. And if the lie is not good, this is what I always say. If there's anything, like if the ball's below your feet or it's a really, really tight lie uh, or you're in some primary rough, get a hybrid out, get a, get an iron out, and break it down into two shots instead of trying to hit a hit a three-wood. Yeah, and, that, and that's a great point as well, uh, John. You know, you mentioned about the hybrids. Uh, a lot of players have, have actually thrown out some of their uh, longer clubs, you know, maybe their two-iron, three-iron, even four-irons in some cases, as well as even their fairway woods, and replace them with hybrid clubs. Um, certainly have a similar look uh, to their fairway woods, uh, but actually play a little bit more uh, like a, an iron where you're hitting, of course, uh, a little bit more down than you would, uh, you know, with, with a fairway wood. But um, so you can still get that extra distance that you would with, uh, you know, with, with your longer clubs, um, but they're a little bit easier to hit. So those are some great options as well. Um, I think we've got, actually, believe it or not, I think we've got just a quick second here. I want to throw one more in here uh, if we can. And that is, um, I, again, uh, People have 
uh, you know, sort of different ideas of, of how they want to approach things. And one of the questions I've been asked before is, do I need a different swing with my irons than I would say with my driver? A lot of people get confused with that because, you know, if you listen to Jack Nicholas, he basically said it's the same swing for every club. It's just that the club's a little bit longer uh, and they go different distances. Um, do we need, to, so I guess to, to sort of melt this down and, and Pete, I'm going to, or John, I'm going to start with you and then Pete is, is the swing different with the irons than it is say with, with a driver, or even a three wood. And, and if so, why? And, and if not, why not? The, here's the thing that listeners need to understand. And I agree with uh, Jack Nicholas 100%. The, the setup is different, but the swing mechanics are not different. The, so my setup will dictate, um, you know, it's a golf swing. So if I'm trying to hit, you know, Nicholas would start out with a sandwich when he would warm up and then he would go to his, uh, I think it was his pitching wedge, and then he'd go his eight iron, and he would work his way all the way down to his driver. And then when he got his driver swing, then he would go back to his sand wedge and finish up with that. And he said that he would always try to make the same swing. Now, obviously, his setup would change with every single one of those clubs. So the most difficult thing, really, to teach students um, is is how to adjust their setup, uh, you know, for each club, because a lot of people think that they're supposed to set up the same way for everything. So no, your your setups will change. Your swing your swing is the your swing is the same. So if you're working on your grip, or if you're working on your takeaway, or if you're working on your weight shift, or whatever it is that you're working on with your teacher, you're going to do that same emphasis uh, with every every club in the full swing. We're talking about the full swing now. So that's that's important that you that you try to because I only want to, I could tell people. I only want to teach one golf swing. If I had to teach 14 golf swings, I wouldn't have any hair left. So, I, you know, one golf swing is hard <laughs> enough to teach. So let's just stick with right. that. And the setup is obviously going to be dictated on what club you use. Right. <laughs> That's a great point. I probably should have listened to that advice uh, some years ago. I'd probably have more hair as well. Um, Pete, just any final thoughts on, on, on that, uh, on that uh, scenario as well? Do you concur with what John said? And anything else that you want to add? Well, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with them. You know, the club makers were smart enough to figure out how to make the clubs and, and design them. So they sort of, the way they set up will change the way you're going to gonna set the ball up in the stands. Plus, I've always said the ball's to the side and on the ground. And no matter what club you pick up, it's still to the side and on the ground. So I don't know why you keep trying to change the swing. They didn't move the ball. It's still to the side and on the ground. So we're still trying to make the same motion. But based on how the clubs are set up, the, the ball position is going to uh, change a little bit as you set up throughout the set. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. And, and you know, I think, you know, it's, it's one swing motion. And I think, you know, you'll find when somebody comes to me and I say, well, you know, it should be one swing with the irons and one swing with the woods. And then I'll go back to them. I say, well, how many rounds have you had where the irons are going, but you can't hit the woods. And then you get the woods going, you can't hit the irons. And I said, well, you're not, you're not going to have two different swings. If you keep the, the thing the same, you're going to be able to hit everything. And so it's going to make right. it a little bit more easier for you if you keep the swing going the same way, um, the same swing all the time, and then the, the, the setup adjustments will take care of that for you. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. You know, it's interesting that you guys mentioned that. And just a, and a quick side note, uh, going back to um, both Jack Nicholas and, and Nick Faldo, when they respectively, when, of course, um, Nicholas did his Golf My Way uh, video uh, some years ago, he did this in his. Yeah, what a great and then title. Faldo followed up. Yeah, when it, exactly. 
when Faldo did his uh, video, a uh, few videos with uh, um, David Ledbetter, he did the same thing. And there was a segment in there where uh, they actually hit um, – now, I think Faldo did a few more, but um, he hit, uh, I think, four or five different shots with different clubs. And unless you really paid attention, because there were one right after another – it was very difficult until he actually got up to, to I think it was either his driver or, or might have been a three-wood, um, where you could really tell the difference. I mean, his swing was exactly the same every shot, despite changing clubs every time. And it was very, very interesting, which proves both of what you just you talked about, your points very, very eloquently, is that the swing doesn't change, but the clubs and, of course, the setup changes slightly um, for each club, but essentially the swing is the same for every club in the bag. And, and John, you're right. If we had to teach 14 different uh, swings, uh, nobody would ever play golf. We wouldn't have time to. So um, <laughs> great answers tonight, guys. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. It was, you know, I, I like to do this. We're, we're getting close to uh, wrapping up for the season. I've got um, uh, to finish up tonight's show, and then we've got one more show. Where, um, and, I, and I'll remind everybody as we go through a little bit later on in the program, but uh, we only got a few shows left. So uh, we're going to kind of wind down a little bit easy uh, through the season, and then I'll tell you uh, the cutoff date for the season this year, and then we'll uh, let you know when we're picking up in the in the new year as well for uh, for some more uh, great coaches' corner. But uh, these were some interesting questions I've had fed uh, into me uh, over time, and I uh, just thought I would throw them into the panel and get your thoughts and views on it. But as always, guys, you did a great job, and I appreciate, uh, again, you giving of your time. So, um, John, I know you're going to be coming back and joining me uh, for the second half of the show. We've got some great stuff to talk about. Um, so, Pete, just very quickly, let the folks know if they want to uh, reach out uh, to you and get in touch, uh, how they can go about doing that. Well, they can reach me on my website at plainsimplegolf.com, and the plane is P-L-A-N-E. Uh, all my contact information is out there, and we've got some some really cool things coming for 2019. Uh, as a matter of fact, at the end of this month, I'm going out. One of my players is in the, the finals of the Q School for the web.com tour, so I'm going to go out and get him prepared and, and spend the week with him. So, we're going to be filming a bunch of stuff during that, which would be a lot of fun. So, you know, hook out on the website and you'll get to see some of those and some of those conversations. So it should be fun. So um, again, you know, Ted, I, I, I want to thank you because, you know, as I've said time and time again, this forum uh, that, that uh, you put together is, is really, really a great thing. And, and we appreciate your time and bringing that out there and, and allowing us to come in and, uh, and uh, be a part of it. So uh, again, thank you. And then John, it was great being with you again. Pete, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it as always, guys. Pete, uh, I, I love having you come back on every year. And, and uh, as I've said um, last week, and, and I'll let you guys know as well, uh, I'm going to be sending out the, uh, the Coach's Corner schedule for 2019 uh, here. And uh, if not next week, uh, I'll probably the week after uh, Thanksgiving, I'll send it out to everybody. Uh, so that you can uh, check on your dates uh, for the new year and, and get back in. Uh, always excited. We're going to try to do some, some, either, uh, some different uh, things for, for next season as well, but always try to make it interesting. Um, so hopefully, uh, Pete, I know uh, hopefully you'll be, be coming back again next year. I always enjoy having you. You bet. I uh, sure will, Ted. I appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Well, listen, happy Thanksgiving, Pete. I'm going to let you go. And, and John, I'm going to give you a moment as well to uh, – uh, just to let the folks know, I know you're going to do it again at the end of the show, but uh, I'll give you a moment to, just to let the folks know if they want to reach out to you uh, after the show. Well, first of all, thanks again, Ted and Pete, and I uh, hope you have a happy Thanksgiving and uh, good luck at the tour school. Um, you can reach me uh, or you can watch my videos. Uh, I'm on uh, golfswing.com forward slash John Decker, and I spell my name J-O-N-D-E-C-K-E-R. Uh, on Facebook, uh, you can follow me on 
at John Decker Golf Instruction. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And also, um, if you're interested in my book, it's Golf Is My Life, Glorifying God Through the Game. It's a Christian golf book. Uh, and it's available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble websites. And once again, Perfect. thank you, and happy Thanksgiving. All right. Well, as I said, Pete, I'm going to let you go. You have a great Thanksgiving holiday, a safe and happy holiday, and I look forward to having I think you'll be on one more time before the season ends, uh, but I will be in touch with you anyways uh, with respect to next year's schedule. Uh, and, John, I know you're going to take a probably a quick little break here, and then you're going to uh, take a deep breath, and we're going to come back, and you and I have got some stuff to talk about here on the second half of the show. Uh, I just got a few quick announcements to make. So, guys, again, thank you very much, and, John, I'll, I'll talk to you here in just a moment. Okay. All right. Thanks, Ted. All right. Bye-bye, guys. All right. That was uh, my special Coach's Corner panel tonight, uh, John Decker and Pete Buchanan, a couple of great guys. And as I mentioned, John Decker is going to be joining me here in just a moment. Uh, but I wanted to give him uh, a few moments just to take a little bit break, give his voice a rest, and, and maybe make a quick pit stop along the way uh, should he need to before he comes back on. Um, but I want to just remind everybody a couple of things. Of course, we are live uh, every uh, Thursday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Central here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Again, go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live or just simply type golf talk live up in the search key and that will take you to the show uh, live uh, during that time slot otherwise you can visit that link and just scroll down to the on demand section and you can tune in when it's convenient for you you can just click on one of the links there of the previously aired shows including tonight and you can listen to them entirely uh, in their entirety excuse me in the recorded version I also want to um, remind everybody that every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time, also on the same network. Uh, you can check out my good friend and co-host, LPJ professional Cindy Miller and I, as we host the Women of Golf Show. It's a great hour of women's golf uh, every Tuesday morning here on the blogtalkradio.com network. So I hope you tune, us, uh, tune in and check that out as well. All right, I want to let you listen to a great uh, advertisement here from tonight's sponsor on the Coach's Corner panel. Of course, I'm talking about golfswing.com, and then I will be joined by my good friend, John Decker, once again. Are you finally ready to improve your golf game? Golfswing.com is changing the way golfers learn online. With the largest collection of golf training programs and drills on the planet, Golfswing.com can help you improve every part of your game. Whether you want to gain more distance, hit it closer, or just sink more putts, Golfswing.com staff of world-class coaches can help you gain the results you need. Watch unlimited videos on any device from anywhere in the world and start playing better scoring lower, having more fun, and saving money. Get your fix on demand at golfswing.com. All right, that was our very special uh, sponsor of the Coach's Corner panel, of course, golfswing.com. We're going to be talking a lot more about them uh, tonight uh, through the remainder of the program. And as I mentioned uh, at the beginning and just a moment ago, that John Decker, of course, is going to be coming back uh, here in just a moment, and he's going to be joining me here. We're going to be talking... Uh, about uh, a very interesting project that he's been working with uh, together with golfswing.com uh, as you meant uh, as we've talked about before uh, and as he mentioned earlier he's an instructor with golfswing.com and he's been putting together a lot of great videos uh, over the last year or so that you can get on their website but he's got something a little special that's coming out here uh, and we're going to talk about that and more uh, when John comes back on board um, just a quick uh, program note uh, next week uh, being that it is Thanksgiving, there will not be either of the shows, golf, uh, go, um, excuse me, Women of Golf and or Golf Talk Live will not air next week uh, in obviously uh, observance of the, uh, the holiday, Thanksgiving. Uh, I've got to 
probably going to get stuffed uh, with some turkey and whatnot, so I'm going to be too full to be talking on air uh, on Thanksgiving. So, And Tuesday I've got some other things to do as well So for the week. Uh, so there won't be a show next week, uh, but we'll be coming back on the 27th and uh, going to be joined by uh, Brendan Sweeney uh, from French Lick Resorts, going to be joining Cindy and I, uh, on the Tuesday show, and then I've got another great guest as well that's going to be joining me on the following Thursday, which I believe is the 29th of November. Uh, so those are going to be the last uh, shows of this month, and then there'll be a few shows in December, and then we'll break for Christmas. So I'll uh, let you know uh, as we go along a little bit about that. But um, uh, I want to bring back uh, my very special guest this evening, John Decker, uh, teaching professional at the New Albany Country Club and, of course, instructor with GolfSwing.com. Uh, he's going to be joining me now here in just a, a moment or two, and we've got some very exciting uh, news, I guess, to share with you here on the show. So let me bring John back on the air. I think he's taking a, a long enough break, and we're going to get back into some great discussion here on Golf Talk Live. I'm John, back, welcome Dad. back. Thank you. Glad <laughs> to be back. That was, you, you're welcome. Uh, that was a uh, certainly a quick break. I, I hope uh, you managed to get something, a little something to drink uh, as well. Uh, all right, John. We're going to talk about something here, and I just want to set this up a little bit, and then we'll get into our discussion. Uh, as I was just telling the folks here, of course, you've been working with GolfSwing.com now uh, for the last little while, and you're actually an instructor with them now, and you've put together uh, a lot of great videos that are currently on their website. But you've got something new uh, that's going to be coming out here. Why don't you tell us first off uh, what it is that you've got coming out and essentially when it's coming out, uh, and then we'll get into uh, our, our regular discussion. Sure, um, Ted. It's it's uh, it, this the it's called the Pitch Perfect Scoring System, and it's the most comprehensive uh, short game um, package that really has ever been put together. Video package that's ever been put together. As far as the research we've done, I know that um, Golf Swing has has done, gone and, ch- and and you know reviewed a lot of different video packages for for the short game, and and really uh, this is what they call a signature series where we're working on shots, um, and they, we wanted to specifically, uh, you know, stick with with, uh, with the short game, uh, but we did not put putting in. So it's from three yards to about 40 yards, um, and there's over five hours of video content. Um, and so um, what's amazing and what I really like about, the, about, the, um, about filming it and, and, and just doing the whole process is really how simple uh, we tried to we tried to make it. Uh, everything from every right. single thing from grip to ball position to weight distribution, um, everything uh, that you could possibly think of uh, in chipping, uh, the pitch and run, the pitch shot, the bunker shot. We did trouble shots. We talked about course management, and then we got into some some uh, some of the difficult shots around the green that we all face. So it's really was uh, a, a lot of fun to put together and I can't wait to see it. Yeah. And, and I'm excited uh, as well to see it. And obviously for you as well, John, I know it's been a long time coming and, and just to let the folks know, um, you know, John has already put up uh, on the, uh, the golf swing.com uh, as part of their online video Academy well over a hundred videos already. And now you've just put together another signature series, several hours, as you mentioned, uh, which obviously has a lot of other uh, videos included in that. But let's talk about first uh, about the golfswing.com website and sort of how you guys sort of came together in the beginning. 
That's a, that's um, really it's a it's a great story because when I got done, uh, I was in uh, 2016 and 2017. The end of 2016, I was uh, doing my book tour. And I was out about eight months, and I actually went away from teaching. I was doing a little bit of teaching on the side, but it was pretty much traveling the country doing that and doing speaking engagements. And when I came back to New Albany in here in Ohio um, and started teaching again, I'd gotten so many comments from people um, because I'd done a lot of of uh, Facebook video tips. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to get back to doing that again. So I started filming some uh, some videos and I decided to put, them, put one on LinkedIn. And about two days later, I got contacted by golfing.com and they said, you know, we, we really like your video, uh, your, you know, your, your style. We, we, we want to, uh, uh, to send us some videos. And they told, started telling me about, about golfswing.com. And so right now there's about 15 instructors. They each have their own channel, basically. So when you're, if you're a member of Golfswing, it's not only my videos that you can see. There's almost, uh, right now, there's between 13 and 1,400 videos that are up there. Um, and these are videos uh, that are like Bobby Wilson, who's a five-time long drive champion. Hal Sutton, we all know who he is, a former um, you know, tour yeah. player. Uh, he he does more of the course management. Uh, Jeff Mitchell, uh, he was also a former tour player. Um, and then there's a sports psychologist, uh, Dr. David Cook. Um, and so he, he he has a video series as well. Those are under the signature series. There's a lot of great teachers. There's a lot of great videos. And a lot of my students who I've directed to the website, um, they they not only watch my videos, but they'll watch other instructors as well. And I, I think that's great because you're – there's all kind of different styles on there. It's not just mine. It's a, it's really, um, it's a, a great format. And I think eventually uh, the number will be somewhere between 15 and 30. I know they're always, you know, looking for for uh, more talent and more instructors uh, to get as many videos up there as possible. And 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 in for it's such a great value for the customer because for a nominal fee, a monthly fee. Um, you can have uh, more instruction than you could ever imagine, and you could pick and choose whatever it is, whatever subject and whatever teacher you want. So it's just a great concept overall. Yeah, and, and you know what, you, you raise a very interesting point too, John, about that is, you know, most, uh, there's a lot of great instructors out there, and many of them do have their own online video uh, components on their website or offer online video. Um, but the truth of the matter is everybody, every golfer is different. Everybody's different in, in the way that they, um, you know, play the game. And sometimes it's nice to, to get a different perspective or get a different viewpoint. And what's unique about golfswing.com is they've brought together a lot of top instructors in various expertise in the game and allow you to sort of watch that. Uh, and have access to that under one umbrella, if you will, as opposed to having to go to you know a dozen different sites to get different opinions and different uh, viewpoints. So they've sort of brought all of the you know sort of the best of the best, if you will, together uh, on their format and allow you to really uh, get into some different uh, you know methodologies as well, perhaps. So it's it's a great setup, and and I know that you've been very excited to be a part of that, and we're excited to have them here on Golf Talk Live as uh, a sponsor of the Coach's Corner Panel. Well, I think it's a perfect marriage because, um, you know, you have a great audience and you have a, a, a great following and, the, and your audience is, is, they're golfers. I mean, they want to, the reason they're listening is they want to, they want, they love the game and they want to get better. And um, the, the other great thing about videos that I've really noticed is I, I you know, I've noticed the trends in, in learning and as the, the millennials have, have come up, the one thing I've noticed is how much they like to watch videos 
and, and, and learn that way. So that was another reason that really attracted me to GolfSwing.com is because I knew that I could reach a, a worldwide audience, um, and I enjoy presenting. I enjoy – I have a passion uh, for teaching, and I love the one-on-one -on -one interaction. But the idea of being able to take uh, 15 to 20 minutes of my day – shoot some videos, send it to them, and reach a worldwide audience. That's an opportunity of a lifetime, and I'm very proud to be with the company. Yeah, and, and that's a, you're exactly right. It's great to have that platform and access to that, uh, and, and again, to be able to turn around information that fast, because it is a fast-paced world. You know, as you pointed out, millennials, I mean, they're constantly on their phones or tablets and what have you. Uh, looking for, for different things, uh, you know, in their day-to-day -day life. And obviously those that are maybe interested in learning uh, this great game of golf have an opportunity to access through GolfSwing.com's online video academy uh, some great instruction literally at their fingertips. Um, so it, it is a great uh, opportunity for both the, the students that want to learn out there, but also a great opportunity for instructors out there that want to take uh, their instruction opportunities to sort of the next level with a professional organization like GolfSwing.com. Um, now let's talk about, because you mentioned, uh, you know, videos and then sort of the signature series. And there is a difference. So let's talk a little bit of um, what you've noticed between some of the regular videos and more of the signature series. What's kind of the difference in your, in your mind? Well, um, the, this is uh, Pitch Perfect, which is coming out uh, on, on Black Friday, um, is, is the first signature series that I've done. And when, when, I, first, um, when I first started sending the videos to uh, Golf Swing, I was talking with James, uh, Kovacs and he was he works with the with the company and James was was um, basically telling me you know he's like your your videos are doing well we want to have you come out to Dallas and we're going to film a signature series and I really didn't know what that was and so he said I want you to think up some ideas you know what is it you know think of a subject matter that you want to teach and so I decided to do pitching because I feel like uh, pitching is and, and the short game is you know very few students are going to hit greens in regulation and being able to play from anywhere from, you know, three yards to 40 yards off the green is essential in, in learning how to close, uh, you know, close out your, your, your hole and, and be able to lower your scores. And so when I, when I was asking, you know, what is the signature series, it basically is a series of videos that tackles one particular subject matter. Um, and so in this case, um, you know, most of the signature series that are already up there, they're going to be, you know, six to eight to ten videos, maybe talking about putting and, you know, different aspects, you know, your putt, your green speeds and your strokes and, and all the different things with putting. But this, we, we were tackling, we were tackling more than one subject. We were tackling, you know, chipping, pitching, pitch and run, bunker, course management, and also drills. So what we did is we walked through A to Z from how to hold the club to the execution of the shot, uh, and he said it, it's almost like a, an encyclopedia. So if you're if you're um, watching the videos, you can if you want to like if you're a beginner, you can sit there and you can learn the grip and you can learn the ball position and all that. If you're a better player, you may not need to do that. So you can skip through those videos. It's kind of like on Netflix where you have a an arrow where you can go up and down, and you basically pick the video that you want to watch, and they'll all be titled, uh, you know, under the subject. So you go to the subject matter, chipping or pitching or whatever it is, and then you go to um, whatever particular things that you want to work on, and you can specifically watch a video. And the videos are anywhere from two to three minutes long. They're not real long, and they're not real difficult. I want the, the listeners to understand there's a lot of content, 
but it's all easy to understand. It's very, it's very easy for the average person. Um, you know, I know, I know that the staff has gone through all the videos, and um, you know, we wanted to make sure that it was, it, it was be educational, and it would would offer easy, um, you know, explanations for the subject matter, but also for the better players. There's a lot of on-course stuff where that's going to be more advanced stuff as well. So they'll have something to watch as well. Yeah, and that's that's important as well. Is you want to be able to, to to really be able to speak to a broad audience. You want to be able to give, um, you know, one of the things that I've noticed with a lot of uh, the videos that I see um, is, and and you know, there's certainly some great stuff out there, but there's also a lot of them that can be very complicating and uh, complicated, excuse me, and very uh, difficult uh, in in the information that they're relaying. That uh, that might be great for the the more advanced players. Uh, but for some beginners out there, they see it, and 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 one of the problems it goes really hand in hand with instruction in general. The more simplistic that you make something, the easier it is for somebody to be able to adapt it in their own uh, circumstance. And if you make it very cumbersome and very uh, difficult and overwhelming, uh, they're going to get turned off, and they're going to say to themselves, "You know what? This is this is going to be too hard. I I can't do that." And they're going to, you know, tend to, to sort of sway away from that. So this is something really that you tried to address with this uh, signature series is having something there for, for the, uh, you know, average everyday golfer, but something um, a little bit for the more advanced player as well, correct? That's correct. And it's literally like an encyclopedia of, of each of those subjects. It would cover every single – it's kind of like, with, you know, we, we go to Google search and we search out a subject – well, if you're at the, if you're practicing, if you're working on your game, and you want to know, all right, what is the setup for a pitch shot or a bunker shot, you know, or what is the club face angle for a, a bunker shot, you know, how and, and it's specific videos for each one of those subject matters. It's step by step from start to finish. So you can you could go through each one if you wanted to, or you can skip around based on what it is that you're looking for. Or how do I hit a low pitch? versus a high pitch. You can go to the low pitch. You can go to the high pitch. And in each video, and the video will only tackle that one subject. It's not like, you know, a video that I see a lot of videos where the instructor tries to give, you know, four things to work on in one video. That's too complicated, people. In fact, it's too complicated for really anybody. So the, the, they're very specific, and that way you can watch that one video over and over again until you master it, and then you can go to the next one. Right, and, and again, that that's important. Let, let's um, let's talk for a second, if we can, uh, about um, actually shooting the videos. Um, you know, you you put together a lot of uh, instructional videos here. There may be some some instructors out there that maybe have dabbled a little bit, but really, you know, haven't gotten into it uh, too much quite yet. Um, maybe explain a little bit about the process on what you do. Uh, in other words, giving them some advice a little bit on, on uh, filming the instructional videos and uh, why you've decided to add and in, in, in into your sort of teaching and, and uh, philosophy, if you will. Well, you know, when I, was, when I first did the videos, um, I, had, I had someone hold the camera or hold my phone. I, did, I shoot all my videos on my phone. And one of my friends was hold. I, I had him, you know, shoot the videos. And I sent him to Golf Swing, and they said, you know, you really need to get a tripod. So um, I got a tripod, and I put my phone on there, and, and it's amazing 
you would think someone can hold the phone there really still, but they can't. Um, especially, you know, it's hard to hold anything still for three minutes and length. And so um, we went ahead and got I got a tripod, and then you want to put it on landscape, which is where you turn your phone um, so that it's the landscape view, so it's the wide view, not the straight up and down. Um, and so right. I did that as well, and that was completely opposite because the first videos I, I he's that they saw were not like that way. They said, you know, we like what you're saying and your presentation's great, but here's a couple of things. Your lighting is very important. And it's amazing how uh, when you go to shoot videos, how you notice how many uh, leaf blowers are going off and how many carts are driving by and things like that. So it's always good to try to get into a real private area. Um, you know, that's important. And then the wind is also another issue. Um, you've got to, you know, deal with that. So sometimes I'll, I'll get my golf cart and pull it right up to right beside the tripod and put the windshield up if the wind's coming in a direction to, to block the wind. So those are little tips that will help you. But the key thing to the video is whatever video you shoot, be very specific um, and, and try to keep your sweet spot is about three minutes. If you go, if you go four, five, six minutes, it's way too much information. It's way too long. And learning how to be, you know, learning how to have an intro, deliver one point, whatever that point is, and then close it up and wrap it up in two and a half to three minutes. I feel like that's that's right, kind of the sweet spot that you're you're looking for. And then you know, share them on social media or whatever. Um, and then you know, I know that Golf Swing is always looking for for instructors as well. So if there's any instructors out there that are are interested in in, in coming aboard. Um, you know, uh, contact, uh, you can go through golfswing.com and contact them, and, and they'd be glad to look at them and review and make suggestions as well. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's good like that, too, because, um, as I said, it, it gives the golf professional out there that maybe is interested in, in getting more involved in that, uh, working with somebody that does this, uh, you know, as a profession, they're, they're, you know, great videographers. They understand um, what people are looking for and they've got the, the, the um, uh, expertise and, and the technical um, prowess, if you will, in, in putting together these great videos. And you want to make sure that if you're going to do them, that they are being done professionally. I mean, even if you're shooting them yourself, um, you know, you can certainly do a great job with today's technology, uh, but it's nice to have somebody there with the editing capabilities as well if there's some areas or some glitches in there. Let me ask you something just very quickly. Just, uh, you know, what about things like a mic? Do you wear a mic at all that, that works in, or, or are you working straight off the phone? When I was, when I did this, I flew to Dallas to do the signature series, and, and we spent three, about three days, three and a half days, of filming, uh, and we filmed like 107 videos. I think we've narrowed it down a little. It's right around 100, a little more than 100 videos. And during that time, we had a professional, um, we had a professional camera crew there, um, and we had I was to, hooked to a wireless mic. But when I shoot the videos, uh, my videos uh, here in in Ohio, uh, I do not use a wireless mic, um, and that's something also that you you know with the phones now. Um, these things are amazing, um, but there's, um, you know, that's something you can do, but I've had no really issues. The only issues I've ever had with the audio has been when I tried to film uh, videos in the wind, and um, that's the only time that, you know, wind can really hurt it. And there are some wind guards uh, that you can put into your phone. Uh, you can buy those, um, and they, they they plug into your phone to, to, to help with that. Um, but, um, 
you know, so I just use my my phone, and I have not used a wireless mic uh, for the ones that I send in. Right, and and typically, I mean, obviously it may vary slightly, but when you're using, because you are using your your uh, your phone uh, to record these videos, typically, how far away do you position it from where you're actually doing the presentation uh, or video tip? Typically, how on average, how far away is it from you? I would say I'm about 20 feet or so um, with the tripod. And what I'll do is I'll put a ball down, I'll hit record, you know, and then I'll walk over and I'll make a practice swing and then I'll walk back over and and then watch it to see, make sure that I, you know, because I did one time and I, I didn't do that and I cut my head off and I, it was like a great <laughs> right. video. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even, I should have, if I'd taken an extra second, you know, I, it would have been perfect. So I had to reshoot that one. But, um, you know, I've learned, to, I've learned to, to get everything set up, and typically I'm about 20 feet away. I make sure and project my voice. Um, you know, I think it's important that you, you know, introduce yourself. Um, and and whatever, your, whatever the video is going to be, you, I like to, you know, tell, get the subject matter out there and then get right to the point. Um, I don't waste a lot of time, um, you know, talking about stories or, you know, things like that. Try to right. keep it short, concise. I feel like if you do that, you, you'll definitely get more viewers, and and people are going to want because that's what they're there for. They're not there to hear about your round or hear about you know a story. Uh, every now and then, I might in, uh, talk about a situation in in the, from teaching and relate that to the subject I'm working on. But but uh, I tr I try right. to keep it concise. Yeah, and I think that's important. I mean, people, as you said, especially in in today's day and age with technology, you know, a lot of folks out there, they, they want to watch a video and they don't want to listen to, um, you know, regardless of whether it's golf or something else, they don't want to hear, uh, you know, too much dialogue that's not really part of the specific lesson or, or, you know, point. I mean, it might be, it might tie it in, but if you get too long-winded, as you said, next, you know, it's a four or five, six-minute video, you, you've lost interest. And you're exactly right about getting that point out right from the get-go because really um, studies have shown that within the first you know, 10 to 20 seconds of any video, if you haven't clearly laid out the purpose of it, um, then you're going to lose the audience. And if you start in with some long diatribe uh, in your videos uh, right from the get-go, you're going to lose interest and people won't stick around. So you want to make sure that you come out right away with the point, make it very, um, you know, specific target what, what it is you want to talk about, let the audience know what it is you're going to do, and then you get into your, your more detail as you go along. But again, keeping it concise, and then you have a brief wrap-up at the end to sort of, you know, cover any important uh, issues or, or points that you want to get across. But yeah, you want to keep it very brief as possible. And it sounds like, you know, uh, John, because I've seen your videos, and obviously I posted um, three of the videos that, uh, that we gave um, here a few weeks ago when we started uh, the uh, relationship with golfswing.com as a sponsor. That was one of the things that I wanted to do is really showcase some of the instructors like yourself. And currently right now, of course, um, uh, that has finished and we're uh, working on the next instructor. Um, but that was something that I wanted to make sure that we gave people a, an idea, an example of what they can find when they go to golfswing.com. So let's talk about just, um, you've already sort of let the cat out of the bag, if you will, about the signature series, about being available on Black Friday. So let's talk about a little bit of the details, uh, how they can learn more about it and when it's going to actually become available and how they can go about getting their hot little hands uh, on, the, uh, uh, on the series itself. Well, I, I am it's really excited about this. Uh, I can't wait. It's been a year um, to, to 
this whole process. It was a year ago that I flew to Dallas. That we I spent about five days there, four or five days there, uh, and then you know coming back. And I thought this would be something that they would just edit and would be out in maybe two months. Um, but but you know um, talking to GolfSwing.com and the editors there, they were really happy with everything. But they said they were uh, basically saying that con- this much content. Um, you know, five hours takes time to edit. And your average movie is an hour and a half to two hours long. It takes a year and a half to edit that. So imagine doing five hours right. worth and putting that all together. <laughs> so they were very happy right. about it. You know, a year was, was a good number on that. Um, but this, it's called the Pitch Perfect Scoring System. And um, starting tomorrow, uh, tomorrow afternoon, um, if the listeners can go to – this is – you can register – to get um, the sale because the sale is going to be on Black Friday. Um, you go to save, and that's S-A-V-E dot golfswing dot com. And if you go to that, you'll register. There will be some information on Pitch Perfect, and um, you will get um, on, Bra- on Black Friday, uh, you will get information. They'll give you a URL code, and then on Black Friday, for one day only, you can register on, on – um, um, you, under that uh, URL code, you will be able to register on the golfswing.com and have access to, to the Pitch Perfect, um, you know, scoring system videos. And um, like I said, it's a, it, it's a, I think uh, for a lot of, uh, you know, with Christmas coming up and, and holiday shopping, uh, it's a great gift. It's a great way to, um, you know, buy something um, for, for that uh, special golfer or a friend or just yourself um, that they will be able to access. I mean, to go through five hours of content uh, is something that literally you could have and use, you know, every day you go to the golf course to practice, especially in your short game. So, um, you know, again, that's save.golfswing.com. That's to register. Uh, Once you register, um, you'll you'll be uh, receiving um, a URL code, which will allow you to go on. Black Friday and register on golfswing.com and you'll be able to get 50, say up to 50% or over 50%, um, you know, uh, for that, for, for Black Friday. And there's the, it's actually the URL is actually, I'm so, I'm saying that incorrectly. It's called a product code. So you'll be able to save over 50%. And I think you're going to be um, putting that information as well on um, the information going out on on the uh, on your golf talk live website um yeah so, exactly um, um what i yeah what i'm going to do is uh, as john was mentioning tomorrow uh, afternoon uh if you visit the link save.golfswing.com and that's s a v e uh .golfswing.com uh tomorrow afternoon uh you'll be able to register and uh, you'll get a product code uh which will allow you on black friday uh to visit the golfswing.com website and make a purchase with a savings up to 50% or more on Black Friday for the Pitch uh, Perfect uh, Signature Series. So you want to be able to do that. I'm going to make that available uh, on my uh, social media platforms uh, here uh, beginning actually uh, first thing tomorrow. I'm going to put it on there and uh, let everybody uh, be able to take part in that. So it's definitely something that uh, you want to do, and we'll keep uh, pushing that. And as John mentioned, too, uh, for those of you tuning into the program, this is a great idea for that golfer in your family um, you're thinking of what to get them for Christmas. Um, boy, what a great gift to give them some great online video instruction uh, from one of the top teachers 
uh, in my opinion, that's out there today. And he's put a lot of hard work and a lot of effort into this to make sure it's done right. And he's put himself together and aligned with a great organization like golfswing.com. So if you're thinking of getting that great Christmas gift, boy, what a great opportunity. Uh, you don't even have to leave your home. You can just get on the computer uh, or do it through your phone and just register tomorrow at save.golfswing.com and uh, save.golfswing.com. And uh, once you get the code, then on Black Friday, you can, uh, again, go on and, and uh, register on the golfswing.com and get up to uh, over 50% savings uh, as, a, as a special gift. So you can get that gift ahead of time for maybe somebody at Christmas. Uh, what a great opportunity to do that. Um, so, John, let me just yeah, mention, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to mention that, that, that when, you, when you do this, you're not only are you um, having access to the videos of Pitch Perfect, which is five hours of content, but you have access to all those other instructors as well. Uh, it's not just the, you know, so you would have ac- you would have access to all the teaching staff as well as the Pitch Perfect scoring system. So I think it's a, you know, with, when you take all that into consideration, it's a great value. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and on top of that, like I said, you're you're getting uh, uh, really, you know, at least half off uh, when doing that, and that's a great uh, a great, you know, selling feature right there alone. So. Where do we go from here, John? You know, you've got uh, you've put this signature ser- series together that's going to be coming out and available on Black Friday. Uh, are there more in the future? Yes, um, you know that's something that um, James and I have been talking about over the last um, couple of months. Is, is is where do we go from here? Because you have to think out. I mean, uh, uh, what their the the ultimate goal I think is is to have a signature series come out. You know, uh, like once a quarter. And that means, you know, if you're looking at editing and taking, you know, six months to a year, depending on how in-depth they are, um, then then obviously uh, you have to be out ahead of that. And then we're looking at different locations. We went to Dallas to do to do the uh, – in November. Um, we're talking about possibly going out west like Arizona or Florida, uh, different parts of the country where – where you can the video quality can be very nice, especially it depends on obviously the time of year. Um, I don't know if going yeah. to Arizona in July would be a good idea, but uh, but most likely <laughs> uh, the the filming is is uh, most likely a lot of it's going to be done in the winter months. So that's that's uh, the next step. And then um, you know I've got some ideas on some um, some fitness uh, golf swing uh, ideas that that I'm trying to put together in my head because I feel like that that's something that's very, very um, important and, and undertaught. I think golf fitness is so important uh, to enjoy the game and to play the game because I have so many of my students um, who have to quit for a season because of injuries and, and you know, they may be not doing the right things, uh, you know, exercise-wise for their game. So uh, I think that's important as well. But, um, you know, that's, that's as far as the uh, uh, next year or so, um, I'm hoping that we can, we can film at least another um, series. Uh, I know that um, they're very interested in seeing how this does and how Pitch Perfect is done, does overall. And, and the thing that, that, that is, I really want to emphasize to the listeners is just that as far as, you know, the, the amount of videos that are on the, the uh, Pitch Perfect scoring system uh, program is that there's nothing like that out there on the market right now um, as far as quantity and then as far as making it easy to understand. And that's the thing 
that is very important that I, do, I really want to emphasize that this is not something that you're going to get and be like, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. It's real simple step-by-step -step videos and the fact that you can watch a video and then if you don't understand it, you can watch it again. It's not like, in, like watching one continuously long video. It's a three-minute right. watch it. If you don't understand it, then you go back and you, it gives you time to digest it. And, and I hope that my, my teaching style is understandable uh, and, and people will be able to grasp it and not feel like they're overwhelmed. And I feel very confident in the fact that and very proud of the work that we were able to do last year. And I, I, I'm, like I said, I, I'm so excited to see it. So um, I hope the viewers will enjoy it. Yeah, and I think it's, it's, it's great that people understand that as well, John. I think that one of the you know, one of the things that we really want to emphasize about this is the fact that they can really view any component within the signature series um, that maybe they're struggling with right now. So it's not like you said, like they're not watching one continue long video and they've got to try and find the spot that's of interest to them. Uh, you know, it's very well laid out and very put together that there's multiple videos within uh, the Pitch Perfect uh, signature series that they can go to. So if there's a specific area of that uh, series that they're interested in, then they can go to that area and click on those videos that apply to what they're specifically interested in. So it's great, um, you know, when you're getting to the golf course before you play around, if you want to uh, touch up on a couple of things or get a quick uh, tip or two uh, before you get out in the golf course, because maybe you've forgotten some things, uh, you can just, you know, literally at your fingertips, you've got access to that information without having to, you know, uh, watch a whole long drawn out, you know, movie or something like that. You've got a bunch of uh, videos that are put together uh, that have been professionally done by golfswing.com. So I think it's a great thing. And I think it's, as I said earlier, it's a great gift for those, um, you know, not just for Christmas, but for any other uh, special occasions, or if you just want to add it to your, uh, you know, um, to your repertoire, if you will, if you want to really improve golf, uh, John, as far as I'm concerned, I think that you've got to um, sort of expand yourself as a student, as well as the coach has to do that as well um, by learning uh, new things and learning and trying to, you know, do the best that you can to understand certain core principles. And this is a great way to bring that information to people at their fingertips, because let's be honest, we're all pretty busy these days. We don't have a lot of time sometimes always to head out to the golf course and, and, you know, get into an hour or two hour session with somebody. Um, but we want to still have that top quality instruction. So here's a great uh, affordable way to do that. Uh, any other yeah, uh, thoughts that you want to add to yeah, Ted. Ted the, you're, you brought up some great points because, like, one of my um, one of uh, one of my students who I teach here in Ohio, the, he's a member of, of Golfswing.com, and he goes on and and he every time he goes on a trip and he travels a lot, he downloads um, several of the videos. And then he says, when I get on the plane, he goes, I'll just watch your videos on the plane. So it it because a lot of times when he's traveling, he's playing some golf. It's business and pleasure and all that. And so he, he, it's a way to, for him to kind of absorb the, the, um, the information because obviously my teaching style is going to be conducive to the videos that he's, that he's watching. Um, the, the other thing that I really try to emphasize in each one of the – when we were putting this together are the drills. You know, th there are drills for each one of the – for chipping, for pitching, for pitch and run, for bunker – um, and and that is something I always look at drills as kind of your medicine, um, so that mm -hmm. when you are um, you know if you're going to the doctor, the doctor can show you the X-ray 
and the x-ray would, would be video in golf swing. So here's what you're doing wrong in your swing. And then, you know, he can give you the diagnosis, okay, here's what you need to work on. But the drills are very important because the drills are, you know, taking your medicine every day, working on your drills, that's how you improve. And the most progress, the students that do the best are the ones that take the instruction and then they go practice it. I know that's not rocket science, but you do have to practice. And having a drill gives you a tangible way to go to the golf course and actually work on something and, and improve. And, and I can tell you, if, if my number one goal with every single student I teach, my number one goal is to lower their handicap. And the fastest way to lower your handicap is to work on your short game. Because if you can chip the ball, if you can pitch the ball, if you can get out of the bunker in one shot, if you can get the ball closer to the hole, your score will go down much faster than if you can't get out of the bunker. It takes you two shots to get on the green from 30 yards. Uh, you can't get it within 30 feet of the hole from 10 yards off the green. Those are the things that drive up your score. Uh, because so many of our students, and I know you probably see this a lot with your students, Ted, is yep. they'll hit they'll hit a couple of good shots. So they hit you know they'll hit a drive out there, and then they'll hit a second shot, and they'll be 30 yards away from the green, and they'll make a seven. Yeah. And 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 then yeah. when they go take a lesson, they want to go work on their full swing because they think that well, if I'd gotten my second shot on the green, I wouldn't have made a seven. No, that's not that's not very realistic. If it hadn't have taken five shots to go from the front of the green or off the green to the hole, you wouldn't have made a seven. So learning just to get the ball on the green and, and score from there. So I talk a lot in the video series about um, like red light, green light, yellow light situations. And meaning, uh, you know, red light is obviously danger, uh, you know, when we see a red light. So if I've got to hit a, a, a flop shot, uh, over a bunker to a tight pin, that's a red light situation. And I talk about, okay, if you're a higher handicapper, you may have to go around that bunker. If you're a beginner, you may need mm -hmm. to go around that bunker. So, but if you're a, an advanced player, then you're, you're in a yellow light situation. You're not going to go at the pin, but you're going to go beyond the pin and then try to two-putt and maybe make a one-putt. So I get into course management situations that apply to every player. It, it would apply to a beginner all the way up to a tour player, and you could take those course management, uh, you know, the, the course management skills and apply that to your game, and it's going to help you to lower your scores. And at the end of the, you know, if you, if you go through this video series, you can't help but lower your scores, and that's ultimately what I want all of my, all of my students and all the uh, I think that, uh, that's what we want from, from you know, as teachers, because if you're lowering your scores, you're having more fun, you're going to play more golf. Yeah, and that's that's a great way to put it, John. You're exactly right. Um, you know, I think that you, you've got to – course management really, I think, is, is one of the, the most important things that the average golfer really needs to understand. You know, most people that play that – get out there on a regular basis they can hit a pretty decent ball they can as you said they can get out in the middle of the fairway or they can get out in the fairway somewhere maybe even hit a decent shot but then when they get to 30 40 even 50 yards away from the from the green um, you know suddenly everything sort of falls uh, by the wayside and it's because they're really not working on that part and and let's be honest it's for a lot of golfers out there it hasn't been the most fun part to work on. Everybody likes to get up there and stripe their, you know, driver 250 plus yards out there. Uh, and that's exciting to them. 
um, and working on, you know, a 20 yard or 30 yard uh, pitch shot or, you know, a five, 10 yard chip shot, uh, you know, is not very exciting for them. So this is a way that can help them learn from some of the proper techniques and, and give them an opportunity to say, okay, this is a, uh, you know, based on your skill level, here's what you should be doing under this certain situation. And they've got this all at their fingertips now. And, and I'll tell you something too, you know, not all of these videos, uh, and I know without even having to, to look at them, I know they're going to be great quality, but you talk about drills and here's something that a lot of people miss the boat on. We're coming up obviously to, uh, our, our off season for a lot of areas in the country. Um, people may not always have the opportunity to get out to the golf course, or maybe they don't have a, an indoor practice facility nearby. Uh, so they're, they're stuck at home for the next several months. Here's a great way to look at some of these videos. And John, I'm sure you will concur. There's a lot of great tips and drills in here that they can do actually at home, maybe have to make some modification, obviously, because they're indoors. Um, but they can use these and be practicing through this off season so that when they get back out in the golf course uh, in the new year, when things start to warm up and thaw out a little bit, um, they're going to be ready and prepared and they're going to have this information available. Absolutely. I mean, the information, um, you know, is, is very easy to understand and it's something that can be applied. You could do it in your yard. You could do it in a, in your living room. Uh, a lot of the yeah. stuff, obviously, you know, um, and, and when we're talking about the setup and just rehearsing all the different things in the setup and your alignment, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, visual aids with alignment sticks and things along those lines um, that will that you can do, you know, in your home, uh, especially over the winter months. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to mention as well is, you know, I've been very fortunate as a, uh, as a, a golf professional. Um, I started my career uh, in working uh, in at the Grand Cypress Academy of Golf, and I worked uh, under uh, you know top 100 teachers uh, Fred Fred Griffin and Phil Rogers, who is um, I consider to be my mentor. And I also learned a lot from Dr. Ralph Mann, who has a, a PhD in biomechanics. And and these men um, taught me so much about uh, the science of the golf swing, uh, how to be a, prof a golf professional, how to be a teacher. And and how to motivate and and you know the things to look for in the in the uh, in swing flaws and the short game and all that, but I learned so much from Phil Rogers about the short game and um, Phil uh, passed away in in July and um, before um, before he died he called me and he, he called a, a lot of the instructors and I had just a tremendous staff that I worked with. Uh, too many people to name uh, during this uh, interview, but but just some great great teachers, and so I got to be around a lot of great uh, teachers, and I and I think that I learned a lot about how to present and how to do my teaching styles from all these great teachers. But I told Phil about the Pitch Perfect, and I and and he was so excited. And what I'm really really excited about is I know that a lot of the things that he taught me. Uh, in fact, pretty much everything that I'm going to be talking about in this video series is I learned from him. And and by learning from him, um, it, I feel like that, that I'm passing down what he learned from Paul Runyon. That's who he taught him this the short game. The chipping method that, mm -hmm. I, that I teach in this was taught from Paul Runyon to Phil Rogers, and from Phil Rogers taught me and all the other instructors – uh, at Grand Cypress and all the, I mean, his, 
you know, his teaching uh, uh, tree is, is very large. And having worked with Jack Nicholas specifically on his short game for two weeks in 1980, uh, when Jack Nicholas called him up because he said, I'm not hitting as many greens in regulation and I want you to come down to West Palm Beach. Phil flew down there two weeks with him. And Nicholas went on to win the U.S. Open and PGA that year. And he said that it was because of his short game. His short game had improved, yeah. and, and he needed it. And, and so the information that I'm that are in these videos um, is, is from Phil. Is, that's where I learned it from. And so that's what I'm, I was so excited. I'm, I'm sad that he, won't, he will not get to see the videos, but I know that he knows the content because he taught it to me. So, right. Um, I know he's in heaven watching, and he'll be critiquing um, some things and say, you know, and and um, but he's he's been such an influence on my life. He's one of the most influential men in my life, and I thank God every day for for all the staff and for Phil and Fred and, and Dr. Mann and the staff at Grand Cypress and and the staff here in Ohio has been great as well. I've learned a lot from them, but but I'm really excited for the people out there to to see the the influence he's had on my life and hopefully they can learn um through the videos as well well and that's a great legacy to pass on uh, as you pointed out uh for phil and and all the other uh people involved as well i mean obviously we're an extension of of um you know the experiences that we have throughout our lives and uh, obviously, uh, that was a great uh, homage that you just paid to, to Phil Rogers. Um, so let me just very quickly, as it, we're, we've got to wrap things up here. We're getting towards the end. Um, but just to let the folks know that tomorrow afternoon, and I'm going to have this on my social media platforms uh, beginning tomorrow. Uh, but tomorrow afternoon, if you visit the link save.golfswing.com, and that's S-A-V-E dot golfswing.com, uh, the link will open up tomorrow afternoon. Uh, listeners can register starting tomorrow. And they will get a promo code and be able to purchase golf at golfswing.com uh, at a 50% plus savings on Black Friday. Uh, the Pitch Perfect uh, uh, Signature Series uh, video series will be available to view on Black Friday. So whether uh, you're getting this for your own uh, self uh, to improve your game or whether you're going to buy this for a gift for somebody uh, for a special occasion, um, that's what you want to do tomorrow. Uh, is go to save.golfswing.com uh, with the promo code on Friday. You can purchase the golfswing.com uh, package and get, as I said, a 50% plus savings on Black Friday to be able to view uh, not only the Pitch Perfect uh, signature series, but also many of the other great videos available on golfswing.com by some great top instructors in addition to my good friend, John Decker. So, John, um, Good job, man. I mean, you, you've just uh, hit another one out of the park or down the middle of the fairway, as they say. And uh, I always enjoy having you on here, and I look forward uh, to, to seeing some, some more great things from you. I know you've got lots of, uh, lots of good instruction left in you, and uh, I want to wish you all the best on this signature series that you guys have put together, and I'm going to do everything I can uh, to help get the word out there. But, uh, but good job. Well, thank you, Ted, and, and you know, you have been, uh, I've really enjoyed our relationship and getting to know you um, uh, over the phone, and I can't wait to, to meet you in person. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> that'll be very soon. Hopefully, we can go out and play some golf and spend some time together, but I, I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, and I want to thank you. I want to echo Pete's uh, response earlier in the Coach's Corner. Uh, you, you do so much for the game of golf 
by giving PGA golf instructors uh, and people who are in the business a platform to uh, be able to uh, grow the game. And, you know, every, every, your part is, is just uh, so important for the game. And, and I wish you nothing but the best of, of luck uh, with the with the program and and uh, in the future and and I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving and, and thank you for allowing me to be on your show. Well, I, I appreciate it. And as I've said so many many times, you know, the, doing this particular show is is really not about me. It's about as you just pointed out, um, really the others in this industry. I, it's an industry that I obviously love and is near and dear to my heart, and I enjoy bringing this platform. Uh, it's something that uh, you know I. Um, really found to, to be challenging and interesting at the same time. And I want to continue to watch it grow and it has done phenomenal. I want to thank, um, you know, while you're here, John, you once again for, uh, for being a part of the program, both uh, as a featured guest, but also uh, on a regular uh, stint, if you will, on the Coach's Corner panel. I always appreciate your uh, thoughts and input into the show. And, and uh, I know that the audience does as well. And, uh, you guys are really giving of your time. And as I said so many times here, um, you know, throughout the broadcast over the years, I know it's not always easy. You know, we have a long day uh, out on the golf course uh, or in front of the, the video camera, whatever it is that we're doing uh, to help those golfers out there. And it's not always easy then to come and do an hour segment uh, at the end of the day when you're tired and, and uh, just want to rest. So I appreciate uh, all that you guys have done uh, to make Golf Talk Live um, a first-class show. So I appreciate it and thank you. Well, thank you very much, and uh, I, I look forward to uh, being on the Coach's Corner in uh, 2019, and uh, thank you for, for giving me the opportunity. Well, I appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Uh, John, all the best, and we'll talk again soon, and good luck with the uh, Pitch Perfect Signature Series that's going to be, uh, again, available to view on Black Friday. And again, just visit the link save.golfswing.com and uh, you'll be able to purchase that for viewing on Black Friday by uh, taking the promo code that you'll receive there, and uh, you'll be able to purchase the uh, golfswing.com library, if you will, and you'll get access to the Pitch Perfect uh, Signature Series uh, video collection, if you will, that's going to be available this uh, Black Friday coming up next Friday um, at a greatly substantial Uh, reduced rate so take advantage of it guys whether it be for your own purpose or a great gift for somebody that you love and for that golfer in your family john as always my friend have a good one happy thanksgiving and i'll talk to you soon and thank you for joining me tonight on not only the coach's corner panel but being my special guest tonight in golf talk live thank you very much ted i appreciate it all right god bless my friend all right god bless good night good night all right, that was John Decker, a uh, teaching professional at the New Albany Country Club and also an instructor at the uh, golfswing.com. Uh, you can find his videos if you join. Uh, again, it's worth it, guys. Uh, check it out. Go to golfswing.com and check out their uh, online video academy. And as I said, this uh, next Friday, which, of course, will be uh, Black Friday, uh, if you tomorrow afternoon, I'm going to put this on my social media platform, uh, both my personal and the golf, uh, golf talk live blog, um, platform on Facebook. Uh, if you go to the link save.golfswing.com, which will be available starting tomorrow afternoon, uh, you register there, you'll receive a promo code, uh, to be able to purchase golfswing.com at 50% savings on black Friday. 
and the Pitch Perfect uh, Signature Series, as I said, will be available to view on Black Friday as well. So definitely check it out, guys. It's going to be well worth it. Um, on that note, I'm going to wrap up and say my final words. Again, thank you to uh, my special guests on the Coach's Corner panel, John uh, Decker and Pete Buchanan, and again, John, for joining me uh, as my special guest. And I want to take this opportunity to thank all my listeners worldwide for faithfully tuning in to Golf Talk Live each week. I, I truly mean this. I have a lot of pleasure and enjoyment of having a number of highly talented coaches, teaching professionals, authors, and entrepreneurs stop by, and it's really through their participation and guest appearances that have helped to make Golf Talk Live a first-class show. Thanks to some sponsors and supporters. Uh, in addition to GolfSwing.com, Mr. Jonathan Laird from South Coast Golf Guide. Go to SouthCoastGolfGuide.com and check out some great uh, golf courses and specials in uh, the publication, the magazine that he offers at SouthCoastGolfGuide.com. And uh, a lot of great courses here throughout the southeastern part of the United States, from Florida right over to Texas. Uh, also, Meredith Kirk from Meredith Kirk Golf, a uh, great uh, young golf professional out in the Myrtle Beach area. Uh, visit her website, MeredithKirk.com, and you can check out all the great things that she's doing. Uh, of course, my good friends, Nikki and Tiffany Litherland. Uh, thank you for help uh, spread the word. Obviously, Bernie Pinder from Ontic Golf uh, and Sean Kelly, from uh, owner of LinkedGolfers.com. And, of course, my good friend from over in Ireland, Peter Doyle from Dolf, uh, Doyle Golf Solutions over in Ireland. Thank you, guys, uh, for all of your continued support as well. And on that note, as I mentioned uh, earlier in the show, uh, we will not have a show next Tuesday uh, on the Women of Golf or next Thursday's Golf Talk Live uh, as we observe the uh, Thanksgiving uh, holiday but I will return the last week uh, for both shows uh, in November, and then we'll be uh, having a few more shows in December, and I believe the last show <clears throat> for um, the Women of Golf show will be, uh, I believe it's uh, Tuesday, uh, the, um, I think it's the 11th of December. Uh, yes, Tuesday, the 11th of December, will be the last show uh, for the Women of Golf show, and uh, December 20th will be the last one uh, for Golf Talk Live. So you want to make sure you check out those, and I will uh, announce at that time uh, what the return date will be for the new year. But that will be the last shows for both programs uh, for the 2018 season, and I will be, for uh, those of you in the uh, golf teaching end of things that want to be part of the Coach's Corner uh, segment uh, for next year, I'll be sending out the schedule. So if you're not currently on the schedule and you want to be part of the Coach's Corner panel for next season, send me an email to ted.golftalklive at gmail.com and I'll be sure to send you out a copy of the schedule so that you can plug in uh, the dates that you'd be available for. And also, if you're in the golf industry and you want to be uh, a featured guest on the program, you can also reach out to me at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. God bless everybody. Have a great, uh, happy Thanksgiving, a safe and happy holiday, and I will see you next time right here on Golf Talk Live. Bye-bye. Go ahead. <laughs>